Stand Up Memories. I'm Peter Bales. And uh, here we go. That is Jackie Martling, and he's ready to roll with our next episode. Tell me when it's okay for me to chime in. <laughs> chime in any time. Okay. Well, I never know. Oh, it's fine. You know, you're doing the introduction. I, I know no. you like to get a little space for yourself. I, I'm fine. A little, a little, I'm comfortable now. I'm Peter time, you know. Uh, all right, let's, let's try it again. Why not start with some Rodney Dangerfield? I love it. Everybody loves Rodney. There is a joke that he did. This is a, as non-secretor as anything could be. And he did the joke one time in the middle of his act when I was with him in Las Vegas. I had never seen him say it before or since. I don't know if it's on any album. And it, I don't even know how it worked into his act. He said, yeah, there was a, there was a waiter on on uh, trial and the judge said not guilty and after the judge said not guilty the waiter stepped off the stand and went around and put all the chairs on the tables <laughs> <laughs> which is just such an inside <laughs> restaurant joke and i'm and i have to i said where where did that come from i don't know you know somebody used to do it you know something just popped in my head you now know? you know Rodney I mean, Dangerfield. How, how ridiculously hip is that? You know Rodney Dangerfield infinitely better than I do, but I was at Dangerfield's when he used to go in there and work out his Tonight Show sets, and you would see in a little over a week how they would shape up into flawless beauties. And, and he taught me something, and he would talk about this. He said the set that he did when he came out had to be funnier than the panel when he sat down with Johnny. He said, you put your A stuff up front because it's actually harder to do the stand-up than it is the panel with Johnny laughing at everything you say. And, and bouncing off and the bouncing bad off ones. The and bouncing off the band and the, the other people sitting there. Uh, he also, uh, when he would try out his new material at Dangerfields, would go up with his tried and true material, get the audience completely in line, everything's good, and then go into his and new try and set. sneak then, him in. Then he would go into his new set. When when we're on the plane, I remember he had his act, and he would take the slug two words or three words for a new joke he's going to do, and put it between two jokes in brackets, and that's so that's where he would sandwich a new thing. And I remember there was a joke I think somebody sent him. We did the whole thing about the joke that was so bad. I don't think we did. What joke was so bad? When he got mad at me, oh, the because somebody sent a joke and he thought it was a great joke and he went up and oh. and it was a joke. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I get no respect. You know, I was on a ship; it was sinking. They made me captain. You know, the captain <laughs> goes down with the ship. But about the third night, it didn't get as big a laugh. And he said, oh, "I don't know what I'm going to do about that joke." You know, the captain's dying on me. He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> "The captain's now, dying." Now I don't know on if he me. kept the joke or anything. But the joke, I, I hate to repeat, but it was so funny. What we'd do is he got mail. So he would go through his mail because people would send him jokes. And, he, you know, somebody say a guy had a hat. And he said, oh, a guy had a tie. Now it's my joke. I wrote it, you know. <laughs> and I'd say, listen, why don't you let me sit there with you and you hand me the jokes because maybe I'll see something you didn't see or I'll see a twist. And, it, oh, you know, and he trusted me. And he hands me a joke, and I'm like, what are you doing? I said, this is the greatest Rodney Dangerfield joke there ever was. 
You think so? I said, yeah. Are you crazy? Did we did this already? No, do it, do it. And and in the middle of his act, I'm, I'm in the back, and we already had the discussion about there's nothing funnier to a comic than watching another comic go in the toilet. Yes. Or bomb a joke. Because if somebody bombs a joke, the distinct sounds are the sound of nobody laughing and then the sound of the comics in the back screaming laughing. <laughs> so the guy on stage knows that they heard yeah. the silence, yeah. right? And he goes up and he says, oh, this girl was fat and ugly, fat and ugly. She had a hairdresser for each armpit. <laughs> That's good. And I screamed and no, it was a little too much for the audience to swallow, to put together the fat and the ugly and the hairy armpit. And that, you know, it just was, oh, I guess it must have been overwhelming. I thought it was the classic ugly and fat joke combined. So I roared. And then it was quiet, and I roared again, and he, <laughs> as far away as he was, I could feel the glare. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Why'd you do that to me? I said, I honestly thought it was going to be your best joke ever. You know? All right, I want to ask. But that, that, is, that is funny. It is funny, but the audience decides. That's what and we that's said. The audience decides what's funny, not ultimately the comedian. Now, Jackie's talking about a bad joke. I'm going to ask Jackie now about a piece of comedy history. And this is the funniest Rodney Dangerfield joke I've ever heard. I think he ever did on The Tonight Show. You were responsible for it. And Rodney actually blasted Johnny Carson back in his chair laughing so hard. And you know, I think, the joke I'm talking of course, about. And of it course. came from you, right? <clears throat> the... The classic thing is there are very few new jokes. Just about anything you could say has been said one way or another if you're talking about burps, farts, sex, right. anything like that. And a friend of mine was in Peru. It's an absolutely true story. He was in Peru selling Coke, buying Coke. He's not with us anymore. Jackie Radcliffe, JR. He's just a piece of work. You know, you know how often they say they broke the mold? Well, they really broke the mold. And I'm sure you met this guy along the way, and he was out of his mind. And he called me up, and at the time I was living with uh, my girlfriend Lois at my grandmother's. My grandmother had passed away, and we're going to get to her. We're gonna talk okay, about your grandmother. grandmother. And so we're at my grandmother's house, and the phone rings like at 3 o'clock in the morning, and almost nobody had the number. And this guy... Chief, they called me Chief with no respect at all. Uh -huh. It was an abs uh -huh. it was a tongue in cheek, Chief. Chief, wake up! You got to hear this. Is now I'm doing Rodney. This is the funniest thing, guy. The funniest goddamn joke. You got to hear blah blah blah. And I could swear that he knew I was had most likely gone to bed very drunk and was probably still a little <laughs> drunk. So he kept me on the phone long enough that I'd be sure to remember what he said. And he said, this guy, Bob, Tennessee Bob, he's so funny he's down there. We're all so high and so crazy. Tennessee Bob told me about this girl called the Tennessee Two-Bagger. She's so ugly, not only got to put a bag over your head, her head, you got to put a bag over your own head in case her bag rips. And I fell off my bed, and I laughed, and I howled. And at the time, Minavini, Richie Minavini, had told me he was friends with Rodney, and I'm typing up all my jokes. So that was one of the jokes I put into the right. six pages I sent him. And that's and then Rodney called me at that same house. 
and nobody called, nobody had, all her friends were dead, nobody had that number, but I had put it in the, in the jokes with Rodney, and he called me up at my grandmother's house, and he said, you know, it was the funniest joke. You know, years later, he said, it was the funniest joke I ever had. Oh, and absolutely, a little inside comedy here. Jackie's original joke, it was a Tennessee two-bagger, and I re remember distinctly, Rodney changed that to, she was a two-bag number. A and even repeated, a two-bag. He took out the Tennessee. A, a two-bag number, and he blasted Johnny. No, he never said number. He said two-bagger, but he, but, he, but he took out the Tennessee. I'm going to go back and check the tape, oh, okay. because this, gonna, is a, this is a moment that, I mean, I remember this joke. Yeah, and it's funny it because... So funny. She I was, was working in a studio, number. and the guy, some of the, the Alessi brothers, a famous group on Long Island, they used to be born to be by, and they used to tour the country. And they said that when they heard that, that I, that was my claim to fame with Rodney. He said, "Oh, that's an old Southern thing that you know has been around forever. All these jokes have been around forever, but when you take the right joke and give it to someone, like in my favorite year, Peter O'Toole staggers into the ladies' room." You know, and he's taking it out, and the woman goes, this is for ladies. And he says, so is this, you know, <laughs> which is the oldest joke. But in the right place, it's, you know, and placed in Rodney's hands. So there's so many jokes that have been around forever, but, you right. know. Now, but I got to tell you, again, inside comedy, comedians are very aware of when another comedian takes a joke from you and does what we call a switch. And Jackie mentioned that Rodney changed belt to tie. That's a switch, and that's not really kosher. No, no, that's not kosher. And I was being a little crummy, but, you know, like he changed a few things around on this joke or that joke, so that's mine now, you know. But there are, there are there's probably some degree of, at some point, you've changed it. I, but who knows? And who cares? I remember yeah. a great comedian from back in the day, John DeBellis did a joke. I just read a book. It was entitled Lincoln, The Man and the Tunnel. And I thought, I'm starting out. Oh, what a great joke. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a joke just like that. I just read a book. It was called George Washington, The Man and the Bridge. Not kosher. <laughs> that's a blatant switch. Because that, that's, you can't that's do his that. joke. That's his joke. But okay. as a young guy, you probably... But you don't know. I mean, comedians starting out are likely to think that a, a switch is a legitimate way. But it was, got, it was so crazy around 1980. I remember when I was first starting. And it, back in those days, like somebody on the East Coast would get a phone call and say, hey, you know, this is Harry from the comedy store in Los Angeles. I hear you're doing Star Trek. That's my bit. Right. You know, you, you don't lay claim to, you know... You can't lay... I, I, I'm the one who does the jokes about Kansas. You right, right, right. You, you can't you, lay claim to you, a topic. You can't is what cast that wide in that. Nobody right. can lay claim to jokes about bad airline food. Right, and if you're talking about Star Trek or something like that, there's a certain amount of... Of course there's going to be crossover of people thinking the same thing or hearing the same thing. And that, thing. of course, is called parallel development. Which abs that happens. absolutely it absolutely happens. happens, but sometimes it doesn't happen, and we have to be aware of that. Now, are you? did we have this whole discussion about Bobby Flay? I think and, you angered him. Correct? No, uh, no, no, no. The, this is about the, the naming of his show? Yes. 
Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, I, I certainly shouldn't have angered him. I don't think he's even oh, aware. Oh, but was it stolen? He stole it, the name. That's, nobody know, nobody will ever know. I mean, he wouldn't have taken it from me. He would have got it through the producer. But as you say, parallel thinking, it's a very simple, simple switch. It was my idea for a, okay. for a, a, a suburban cooking show Boy Meets Grill, which is the easiest switch in the world. But when I describe the whole story, everybody says, no, no. That, that's not as com it, It's commonplace to you because your mind works like that. So somebody, and that's, that's what's so hard to argue. You know, I thought of that. You know, it's like somebody saying, I'm, that's a great idea. I'm glad I thought of it. How many people told the boss an idea, and the boss says, that's a terrible idea, and three weeks later he says, I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and that happened to me with Howard with the E show. Let's put cameras in here. Oh, Jackie's lazy. You know, I've hey, heard, I got an idea. You know? I've heard from more than a few comedians that out in L.A., sitcom writers will go sit in the back of the comedy store, the improv, and just jot down ideas for their sitcoms, listening to the comics. Uh, and that's not right either. This, now, whose story? The famous story of Alan uh, Alan King going into the catch a rising star and sitting there with a pencil and paper. And somebody says, what are you doing? He says, I'm helping myself. And I said, you can't do that. He says, he says I started off in toilets like this. I, I'm Alan King. I, I take whatever I want. And Milton Which Burl, is so wrong. So wrong. And Milton Berle made a joke out of and, and recommended to young comics, just go out and steal jokes. I never got that. But, the, you know, it, it got to where people were doing much more specific stuff and much more pointed stuff. So like if, you know, Dennis Wolfberg did a Larry Miller joke, it was a lot different. Like in Burl's day, in those days, it, it wasn't what you were saying. It's like, who's selling it? Right, so, right. You know, some, some right. It, you know, is it the comedian or is it the joke? You know, the, the, these, the, these arguments go on and on and on and on. And what know. comedians learn is that if your material comes from you, from your heart, from your character, who you are, you cannot steal it. You cannot steal it, and that's the way to write. And that's what Jackie's saying. Is, is that's not what I do, but that that's but that is absolutely right. true. Absolutely. You know, true. But when it comes to something like the jokes I do, I do them, and I tell anybody, help yourself. You know, you you think well, because when I first started, everybody thought, oh, that's the guy from Long Island who takes the jokes out of a book and goes on stage, and not knowing that I've been doing it for forty years, right? And I was like, you know, take a book and go in and help yourself to 10 jokes and go up on stage. And you go up on stage and tell a joke and nobody laughs. And then you tell another joke and nobody laughs. It gets lonely real quick unless you know what you're doing, you know. And people, yeah, you laugh at your own joke. Like, what I do is what I've done for 40 years for friends and whoever to make them laugh with no, with no intention of doing anything except getting the laugh. That was, you know, there was, it was totally, uh, you know, it, it sounds like it was, it, it's like you're walking around passing out dollar bills, but the point is that it was, it was, it was a, it was a soul searching fun. It, it was selfish because it made you feel good. Uh -huh. Now people who give uh -huh. away money, they give away money. It makes them feel good. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. You know? I was accused by a comedian, I'm not going to say his name, Rob Bagnati, of stealing his joke. 
And the joke was, I grew up in a street where we had that one lucky rich kid with the in-ground pool. We used to show up at his house, nine in the morning, bathing suits on, flippers on our feet, snorkels. We'd actually say to him, hey man, what do you feel like doing? And he did yeah, that. I think you did that the first time I, I saw did you. That back in the 80s, and, and now it's like probably around 2000, and he's yelling at me, that's my joke, and he did the joke almost word for word like that, and he's accusing me. And I said, no, that's my joke. I've been doing it for a long time. And he storms away. And I went home, and I went through my old videotapes, and I found a tape of me at Rascals on the Rascals Comedy Hour, and I'm in a short sleeve green shirt with brown hair and looking like I'm 26 doing the joke. And I took that clip, and I sent it to his manager, and I felt like a million dollars, and then he I did. thought you were going to say, and you saw it, they scanned the audience, and you saw him in the back. <laughs> I saw him in the back taking notes. Oh, man, but what satisfaction. And he did, he came up to me at Dangerfields a few weeks later. All right, that was your joke. It's and, a, and it's all that stuff so uh, silly. You know, but once, once you're you and confident in you, you deal with that a lot less. Well, you're I'm really sure good. if you stay with it, I'm sure you're going to get the confidence. <laughs> I'm working on that. I'm I'm really working hard on that. Getting I don't the confidence. need confidence. I just need to go to the bathroom. So we're going to stop. All right. We are going to pause now. I as... do need confidence. I don't really have to go to the bathroom, but I thought we should give the people a break to go live their lives for a week, and then we'll come back and play another day. All right. Well, uh, let's. Do you want me to say goodbye? Yes, you say goodbye. Peter says goodbye. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media. Search it out. What is it? MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do da, do da. <laughs> <laughs>